Hey guys, welcome back to Crime Buddies. It's Brianna. And Abby. And today we will be talking about the infamous Milwaukee cannibal, also known as Jeffrey Jeffrey Dahmer. And we will be going into depth about some of his childhood, um, his college years, his teenage years, and then we will be talking more specifically about some of the victims and how he killed them and who they were. And so today we have a sponsor, Okay, so our next sponsor of the day is Squarespace. So if you're looking to make a website, go to squarespace.com slash everybriana for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace is basically you a website that helps you make your own website. Whether that's for a hobby or for your job, Squarespace can help you out. They have 24 hours of customer service and they'll help you with whatever you want for free. So, if you want to get it and help for a website, go to, again, squarespace.com slash abbybriana for 10% off your first purchase. Yes, and they even help you with your merch. And so, shameless plug, me and Abby recently came out with some new merch for Crime Buddies. Mm -hmm. So, if you would like to purchase some, Mm -hmm. go to crimebuddies.com. And there's also a sale going on, Mm -hmm. so head over there before it's gone. Right. Okay, so Jeffrey Dahmer, if you don't know anything about him, he was a famous American serial killer who took the lives of 17 men between 1978 and 1991. Um, 17 males were the only ones that we know for sure that he killed, and that doesn't count all the um, other crimes that he did commit against other people. But over the course of 13 years, he sought out men, mostly African-American gay men, at like gay bars, malls, and bus stops. And he lured them home with promises of sex or money and gave them alcohol laced with drugs before strangling them to death. He would then engage in sexual acts with the corpses before dismembering them and disposing them, often keeping their skulls and genitalia as souvenirs. He would take photos of his victims at like different stages of the murder process so then he would recollect all the photos and like reenact every scene and like relive every experience through the photos um he was also famous for like more down the road in his like killing sprees of like eating his victims and that's i feel even worse that's even more sick it's like he spiraled during yeah. his, like, killings because it's, like, what makes you get to the point where you decide to eat right. your victims? Right. Like, it's obviously one thing to, like, kill mm-hmm. them and dismember them mm-hmm. and, like, keep their bodies as souvenirs, but yeah. then, like, to have the curiosity to eat them. Yeah. Like, what happened to make him want right. to crave that? What screwed him up so much that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, so crazy because it's, like, what actually went through his mind mm-hmm while he was doing all of this right it's like he went to one extreme just killing them Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't enough for him so he started eating them yeah so starting with jeffrey's early life um he was born on may 21st 1960 in milwaukee wisconsin to lionel and joyce Dahmer. and like this like kind of hits close to me and abby because like we obviously live in wisconsin yeah and like, and, like, we live in Milwaukee. Yeah. Like, a lot of the places that he did a lot of his killings, like, by us, and we know yeah. where they are, so it's, like, kind of... 
Yeah, I know he like went to, uh, like further in his like killing spree, obviously, he like went to uh, the West Dallas Public uh, Library, which obviously we like, we go to and like yeah. we know where that is. Yeah. And like all these places, it's, it's, yeah, has like a different take on it. And like out of all places, a library. I know. Like what? Especially one that's like well known. Right. Like, all right. And it's like a nine, yeah. like a bad neighborhood. That's like yeah. the freakiest thing. Mm-hmm. He was described by his mother as a beautiful baby, and both his parents considered him to be a normal child. His teachers saw him differently. At least one, his first grade teacher, wondered if Jeffrey was neglected at home and noted he was a reserved child on his report card. It's true both of Jeffrey's parents didn't spend a lot of time with him, and when Jeffrey was young, his father was in college earning his chemistry degree, and Jeffrey's mother was often bedridden, recovering from illnesses. Jeffrey's parents had a tumultuous marriage that he later described as extreme tension from the constant arguing at home. Yet there was no doubt Lionel and Joyce Dahmer loved their son and tried to do the best for him. When he was six years old, worried Jeffrey might not take well to a new baby brother, they let him pick out his name. Jeffrey named his brother David. The Dahmer family moved a few times before eventually settling in Bath, Ohio in 1968. If there were any red flags that indicated future violence in young Jeffrey, it was his fascination with animal bones and how they fit together. The interest in carcasses began when he was four years old, and one day Jeffrey was helping his father clear animal remains from under the house, and Jeffrey was oddly thrilled by the sound of the bones dropping into the metal bucket. He later started collecting them, searching in ditches and along streets for roadkill. He began dismembering the bodies behind the house in a path of wooden area and stored various body parts in jars in the family's woodshed. (laughs) On one occasion, Jeffrey decapitated the corpse of a dog before nailing the body to a tree. Um, When he was 10 years old, over dinner, Jeffrey asked his father what would happen if chicken bones were placed in bleach. Lionel, a chemist, interpreted his son's question as mere scientific curiosity and he took the opportunity to teach his son about the proper way to clean and preserve his collections. And like as a parent, you when a child asks you certain things about like things that you're interested in, you're obviously gonna like inform them about it and you don't think that they'll have malicious intent. So it's like imagine what the father thought when like everything came out that like he was using methods. Right, and like he probably like interpreted his question of like, oh, I'm a chemist. He's trying to like have like more of a relationship with me like talk about something that I'm interested in and he was probably took it as like oh like my son's interested in this Mm -hmm. let's have like a teaching father dad father child moment yeah and little did he know he probably like actually spiraled him into possibly who he was today I guess back then yeah So when Jeffrey was like entering his teenage years, um, he later admitted that at the age of 14, he began experiencing sexual compulsions and he desired boys, not girls, and the sexual fantasies involved submission, violence, and death. And it's like a lot of that repression probably made his killings 10 times worse because, you know, he probably saw these like openly gay men and kind of had envy them and were like Mm -hmm. jealous of Mm -hmm. them. He wanted to be like free. That they wanted to. And, like, he probably saw that as, like, a threat to him, right. so he wanted to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly, like, so sad. Yeah. Like, not being accepted obviously wasn't a thing back then, mm-hmm. 
But it's also, like, imagine if he was, what could have been of him. Maybe, uh, not saying maybe that the killings wouldn't happen, but Mm -hmm. maybe it wouldn't be as bad. Mm -hmm. Because, like, obviously back then it wasn't widely accepted at all. It wasn't really talked about. He didn't talk about it to anybody. Mm -hmm. He couldn't confront it head on. Yeah. That he obviously sought after Mm -hmm. gay men. Yeah. Yeah. And then it says that he began drinking as a teenager to suppress his urges and didn't talk to anyone about the disturbing thoughts he was having. At the age of 16, he fantasized about raping a jogger he saw regularly and planned to attack the man. One day, Jeffrey lay in wait with a baseball bat in the bushes along the man's regular route. The man didn't come that day, and Jeffrey never attempted to carry it out again. Imagine being that man. Right. Like... I wonder if he knows who he is, like, mm-hmm. like knowing about Jeffrey Dahmer, he goes, what if, like, I wonder if that jogger knows that mm-hmm. he was that jogger yeah. to Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe he saw them when right. he was going on his running, mm-hmm. like, route, and then a few years later, he saw him in the news, right. saying that, like, he killed all these men, and, like, imagine, Knowing that could have been. Yeah, him. and he would have been the first victim at 16. Jeffrey's age of 16. Like, so That's young. That's like a sophomore. Yep. A sophomore thinking about killing. That's insane. An old, older man. Right. That's, that's terrifying, honestly. It's like, be careful. Right. Like, who you're also friends with. Right. you never know. Yeah. Um, who you surround yourself with. General thing, guys. Be safe. And, like, make friends that you know aren't crazy. Creepy. And, like, freaking killers. So, Jeffrey attended Revere High School, and most of his classmates thought of Dahmer as an outcast with a few friends, and some were troubled by his heavy drinking. He drank both beer and liquor while at school by smuggling it inside the lining of his army fatigue jacket. His grades were average and then took a dive as his drinking spun out of control in 1977. He played clarinet briefly in band and was a decent tennis player. Overall, his teachers observed Jeffrey as polite and quiet, and although he was awkward, he regularly amused his classmates by staging pranks such as acting on seizures, knocking over items, and making loud, obnoxious noises. The pranks were so popular, similar behavior was referred to as doing a dahmer. Yeah, and And that's just like straight up, I want attention, Mm -hmm. good or bad. Yeah, like he craved that attention Mm -hmm. so much because he couldn't get it at home home. that he found it somewhere else. Right. And it didn't matter what it took. Yeah. He just wanted the attention. Right, like I don't know if we like talked about this earlier in like his childhood part, but like his parents, his mom, because of her like illness she got really like depressed and so she started like abusing her medications Mm -hmm. and like started drinking Mm -hmm. so he probably saw that Mm -hmm. as like a way out of like coping and like heading like confronting his sexuality Mm -hmm. and like all the things that's going on Mm -hmm. in his mind yeah that isn't right yeah and like because his parents had like such a bad marriage Mm -hmm. he never had a good um what is it like a good standard yeah of what love truly Mm -hmm. is because like he saw his parents and they were probably Mm -hmm. always fighting because their marriage wasn't good so he never saw what a good loving couple would look like right. and that probably distorted his view on right. a lot of things and, and like on top of yeah. paying attention mm-hmm. that like he doesn't care if it's good attention yeah. or bad and like he just craves it because he wants it from somebody right and that probably made him feel loved in a way yeah or at least like, like some type yeah. of like someone's looking at mm-hmm. it's like finally mm-hmm. i'm like seen by somebody yeah 
That's what it says. Yeah. Um, it says, by the end of his high school career, Dahmer's parents' troubled marriage finally came to an end after an unsuccessful attempt at counseling. And in early 1978, Lionel moved out of the house, which is his father, and Dahmer graduated in May the same year. Um, a few weeks after graduation, Dahmer committed his very first murder when he picked up a hitchhiker, 18-year-old Stephen Mark Hicks was on his way to a rock concert when Dahmer lured him back to his house to hang out and drink. Um, by now, Dahmer lived alone at his parents' house. His mother had moved out with his younger brother, David, while his father took up residence at a local motel. Hicks and Dahmer spent a few hours together listening to music and drinking. And when Hicks was ready to leave, Dahmer didn't want him to. So he struck him in the head with a 10-pound dumbbell and strangled him to death while Hicks was unconscious. He then masturbated over his body, moved him to the cross space under the house, and dissected his body before burying it in a shallow grave. Several weeks later, Dahmer unearthed Hicks' body, parred the flesh from the bones, and dissolved it in acid. He crushed Hicks' bones with a sledgehammer and scattered them all in the woodlot behind the house. So, like, it also goes back to his childhood. That's, like, his right. root. Because his dad showed him and, like, told him that, like, certain things would dissolve, like, the right. bones and stuff. So, he probably always remembered that. Right. And it's, like, it's scary. Because he it's had like, curiosity mm-hmm. about, like, dissolving animals yeah. and, like, and all these different chemicals. Mm-hmm. So, he already had that curiosity yeah. to begin with. And, like, he probably got, finally got that satisfaction when it was, like, an actual person. Right. And, like... My thing is, like, right when you were, like, reading that, I was thinking, I'm like, because it sounded like maybe they had a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't want him to leave. Mm-hmm. So maybe he got upset, mm-hmm. whether that was because he wanted to leave or that he felt upset with himself that yeah. I can't mm-hmm. follow through with my urges. Yeah. And, like, that he let himself be vulnerable with right. the person. And, like, we obviously don't know what actually, like, happened and what yeah. occurred. But it's, like, we can make certain guesses. Yeah. To, and, the honestly, they're probably right. Right. Because it's, like, he repressed a lot of it. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's probably mm-hmm. is true. Um, so, a short time later, uh, Dahmer's father visited his son and learned he was living alone. He moved back into the house and convinced Dahmer to enroll in college. Dahmer spent three months at Ohio State University before dropping out. In early 1979, at the urging of his father, he joined the U.S. Army. Dahmer served as a combat medic in Germany, but his performance deteriorated due to his drinking. He was honorably discharged in March of 1981, and at least two soldiers later attested Dahmer raping them while in service. Repeatedly over the course of 17 months, and the other one after Dahmer drugged him. See, I didn't know that. Honestly, that was yeah. like really shocking, and like, and like, what, wouldn't he have been like afraid to get caught? Right, because it's like you're in the army, and it's like a very, I guess, macho thing for right. guys to do. So it's like, wouldn't like people notice? Right. Um, that's and weird. like that's, I'm actually like, I'm glad that those two people came mm-hmm. out, those two men. Yeah, I bet it was like really hard for them mm-hmm. to do because like again, the army is like a very mm-hmm. macho thing, yeah. and like admitting that that happened to you is mm-hmm. like very vulnerable. Yeah. And, like, a lot of, like, men, when they... Especially when yeah. it comes to, like, a homosexual, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. 
Because they could be like, oh, well, why didn't you just fight him off? Right. Like, you could have fought yeah. him off. But it's also, like, to think, like, when you're in that situation. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and you can, like, be, like, yeah. paralyzed with fear because yeah. it's like, oh, my God, this is actually happening. happening. It's a violation. Yeah. So, going into Jeffrey's killing spree, um, Jeffrey stated that the only motive that there ever was was to completely control a person, a person I found physically attractive, and keep them with me as long as possible, even if it meant just keeping a part of them. And so, in September of 1987, Dahmer took his second victim, Stephen Tuomi. According to Dahmer, he has no memory of killing Tuomi. They had checked into a hotel room together and drank heavily. When Dahmer woke in the morning, he discovered Tuami's dead body with blood on his hands. Dahmer brought a large suitcase to transport Tuami's remains to his grandmother's basement, where he dismembered and masturbated on the corpse before Ew. disposing of the remains. Like, that's a, his thing, to, like, right. masturbate on the dead corpse. Right. Ugh, that's, like, so nasty, though. Like, that's, like, one thing to have, like, sex with them. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to do that. Yeah, and it's, like, what? What right, thing like he in his getting, brain like, made sexual him? pleasure yeah. from that? Like, that's, like, wait, like, it's one thing mm-hmm. to kill. It's another thing to get. Mm-hmm. Like, there had to be, like, a chemical imbalance right. in his head. Yeah. Because it's, like, that's crazy, and no normal person would actually find pleasure from in doing that. that especially over a dead body that you don't remember that you killed right it's like what it's like and that amazes me that he doesn't remember it yep and my question is was he too drunk to remember it mm-hmm. was he like just in rage of killing someone and he like just doesn't remember it because it was so intense mm-hmm. that his body like forced him not to mm-hmm and like, like that's insane. And all the places that he could have taken him, he took him to his grandmother's basement to do all of this. And right. It's like, what that a freaky little dude. Right. And she probably had no idea. Right. No idea that this was going on. Ugh. And um, here it says, only after Dahmer killed another two victims at his grandmother's house, did she tire of her grandson's late nights and drunkenness. And although she had no knowledge of his other activities. She forced him to move out of the premises in 1988. Okay, so how he got caught? Dahmer was officially caught by police in 1991 because of one of his victims escaped alive. The victim named Tracy Edwards immediately told the police that Dahmer tried to murder him. Dahmer's arrest was quick and uneventful. He later told the police that he typically found his victims at the mall where he would lure them to leave with him. Edwards told the police that Dahmer had held him at his apartment and threatened to kill him. Although they initially thought the story was dubious, the officers took Edwards back to Dahmer's apartment. Dahmer calmly explained the, that the whole matter was simply a misunderstanding, and the officers almost believed them. However, they spotted a few Polaroid photos of dismembered bodies, and Dahmer was arrested. When Dahmer's apartment was fully searched, a house of horrors was revealed. In addition to photo albums of full pictures of body parts, the apartment was littered with human remains. Several heads were in the refrigerator and freezer, two skulls were on the top of the computer, and a 57-gallon drum containing several bodies decomposing chemicals was found in the corner of the bedroom. There was also evidence to suggest that Dahmer had been eating some of his victims. Neighbors told both detectives and the press that they had noticed an awful smell coming from the apartment, but Dahmer had explained it right away 
as expired meat. However, the most shocking revelation about Dahmer had managed to con that he had managed to conceal his awful crimes in the middle of the city apartment building would come a few days later. Apparently, police had been called two months earlier about a naked and bleeding 14-year-old boy who had been chased down an alley by Dahmer. The responding officers actually returned the boy who had been drugged by Dahmer to his apartment where he promptly killed him. The officers who said that they believed it to be a domestic dispute were later fired. As they should, because that's like, when it he should have been caught. It could have. He could have been caught. And then that and boy then. didn't have to die. But that the police officers, yep. child. And the police officers didn't conduct a proper, yeah. you know, investigation. When you right. see a fourteen-year-old boy naked and bleeding, and a random man comes up and says like, "Oh, he knows them." Right. Wouldn't you start to think like, "Oh, wait, it's right. my job and as he a said police officer to do something." To yeah, the police. it's like don't they, don't they that, look hey, young? That's a fourteen-year-old boy, right? Naked, right? And like you running. should at least use your common sense yeah. and some like the morals that you do have right. to like ask the kid. I don't know, are you okay? Should right. I get an ambulance? They're obviously bleeding and naked. Ugh. Like, come on, man. Right. And it's like it just leads to right. They should have been fired. Yeah, I, I fully support. They, that. they, they really should. I will now be talking about how he became Christian. So when Wisconsin Minister Roy Radcliffe received a phone call that an inmate at a nearby prison wanted to be baptized, he had no idea that the prisoner in question was Jeffrey Dahmer, a man known worldwide for his crimes of murder, dismemberment, and cannibalism. Booth sent Dahmer a Bible correspondence course teaching the steps to salvation. Dahmer mailed the answers back and thanked Booth for the course. After performing the requested baptism in 1994, Radcliffe began traveling to the prison for weekly one-hour meetings with Dahmer. Booth became convinced of Jeff's sincerity by one incident. On a certain visit, he said, We came to the end of our study time together. The prison guard had given us a signal, but right then, before I stood to leave, Jeff bared his soul. Yeah, I guess um, a little, like, tidbit. Um, my, my older sister, um, she went to this retreat and they had a nun speak to them, and it was actually a nun who spoke to Jeffrey Dahmer in prison, and oh she gosh. actually knew um, the guy who Roy Radcliffe got him, and um, he was like talking. She would talk to him, and like she was telling about how she genuinely felt that like he did, like felt like he wanted to follow God. Mm -hmm. It was just very interesting mm -hmm. how like my sister knew. Yeah. The person. That's, like, slightly scary. Right. Because it's like, oh, my gosh. So many people know people who knew Jeffrey. Yeah. And, like, especially living in Wisconsin, obviously mm -hmm. a lot more people probably knew him. Right. Just because, like, uh, like I feel like Wisconsin, mm -hmm. there's not as much people, and a lot of people do know each other. Yeah. But it's like, everybody knows everybody. Right. And I know when we were talking about this, Mickey even told us that her dad's friend knew Jeffrey Dahmer mm -hmm. because he worked at... A um, butcher shop, mm -hmm. and Jeffrey would always come in. Yeah, and they were completely freaked out when they found out about Jeffrey. Yep. Like a meat shop, plus he's a cannibal. Right. It's like what? And that's even like every like you in Wisconsin, you always someone has a connection, mm -hmm. a yeah. distant connection, mm -hmm. but it's a connection. Yep. And it's weird. Yeah, and it's so scary. Now on to Jeffrey's prison and death. Uh, Dahmer died in prison in 1994. He was murdered by another inmate, Christopher Scarver. 
In the interviews, Dahmer also expressed that he knew he had a problem. He stated that this has never been a case of trying to get free. He said of a possible sentence in his trial, as reported by Oxygen, I didn't ever want freedom. Frankly, I wanted death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did, not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I know I was sick or evil or both. Now I have some peace. And he died in Portage, Wisconsin on November 28, 1994. And so the way he, like, died was from another inmate who, like, shamed him to death. Yeah, he, like, beat him to mm-hmm. death. And it was really gruesome. Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously the prisoners knew mm-hmm. who he was because he was such an infamous killer. So when he was in there, they probably, you know, because, like, I feel like a lot of prisoners, when they hear that people are, like, pedophiles mm-hmm. and, like, have, yeah, like, they, killed children, they t- go after yeah. them and make it, like, a hell in prison. Mm-hmm. So they probably sought after him because they just didn't want him there. And honestly, like, it makes sense because yeah. it's, like, you know, even though they've committed crimes, it wasn't obviously towards children. It kind of makes more sense, too, because yeah. Christopher was African-American. Mm-hmm. And he mainly killed, like, African-Americans mm-hmm. and, like, you know, people of color. So he was like, okay, I'm going to get you. Yeah. And that's like, well, he got his revenge. Yeah. So, in conclusion, Jeffrey Dahmer was obviously a sadistic man who, you know, his homosexuality probably played a big role in this with a lot of his repression. And so, you know, going through, like, his life, um, he went through a lot, obviously, and he did and caused a lot of pain and harm. And him becoming a christian in jail obviously we don't know the true intentions and how like true that actually is but we can always assume that you know it's up to god and wherever god placed him is the good place to be for him and you know the convicted felons who ended up killing him i feel served justice to a lot of the families who had to go through the pain because it's like you took away their children and you know you took away their loved ones so I think it was fair for him to be killed, even though, yeah, I guess he's, like, a person, but he didn't really think of other people as people. He yeah. just saw him as, like, objects that he could, um, you know, could manipulate and control. Yeah, I guess the bottom line is, like, the reason why we did this is that, like, you, no matter, like, who you are, you are able to go back to Christ mm-hmm. and follow him. Mm-hmm and love him and have a loving relationship with mm-hmm. him and like we just had to leave up everything to god up to god yeah so thanks for listening today come back next week where we talk about oh, richard, richard ramirez. ramirez all right see you guys bye. bye hey guys so we included bloopers as we always do because like you guys know that we Don't always we include our up. bloopers so keep listening if you want to hear those so just a little like overview of Jeffrey Dahmer if you don't know who he is. So he was an American serial killer who took 17 lives of uh... <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> restart. So Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer was an American serial killer who took lives of 17 males between 1978 and 1991. Over the course of 13 years, he sought out mostly men mostly African-American men, at gay bars, malls, and bus stops, and lured them home with promises of money or sex and gave them alcohol laced with drugs before strangling them to their death. How unfortunate.
So he would then engage in sexual acts with the corpse before dismembering them and disposing of them, often keeping their skulls or genitalia as souvenirs. He frequently took photos of his victims at various stages of the murder process so he could recollect each act afterward and relive every single experience. Mm -mm. So, leading with that, we will be starting to talk about his childhood. Mm -hmm. You was just... (laughs) That's gonna be in the thing.